This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell from the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Stringer, welcome to Better Reading. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. It's so lovely to be here. Yeah, do you know, Tricia, I think the last dinner I went to was a dinner recently, just before this lockdown, was a couple of months ago with you in Sydney and celebrating the release of this upcoming book. Yes, it was. I'm so glad that happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I scooted into Sydney and scooted out again and then. Um, yeah, you guys And it was a matter lock- of days that we locked down after yes, that. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, my biggest regret that night, Tricia, was not having drunk enough, really. <laughs> I didn't drunk, drink enough to tide me over for three months. Uh, I didn't know what was coming. No, um, but- just as well. <laughs> it was such a wonderful celebration and it was the celebration of your new book, Birds of a Feather. Um, let yes. me introduce you. Tricia is a best-selling Australian author of historical fiction, women's fiction and rural romance. Her bestsellers include The Model Wife and The Family Inheritance. She previously worked as a teacher, librarian and owned a bookshop. Her latest novel, the one we're talking about today, Birds of a Feather, is a wise novel about family and the power of female friendships. You've got a tone. You've got a lovely tone with your fiction and I can see that that's why you're so popular that people really enjoy reading your books because it is a tone that we're all familiar with it's stories that are familiar to us that we might have lived yes yes I think so that's that's what I enjoy to read um, that's what I see in the world around me. So it just seems natural to write about it. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about Birds of a Feather first and then I want to go up and ask you some more questions about other things in your life. Sure. Well, Birds of a Feather uh, brings together three quite different women, Eve, who's 70 and the owner of a prawn boat business, and then her goddaughter, Julia, who is a research scientist in Melbourne, and Lucy, who is uh, a young woman with a family and a fly-in, fly-out husband, uh, who's also got a nursing background. So those three women come together in the story in a in a, a bit of a different way. Eve ends up needing help, so uh, Lucy comes to her help, her aid, and with a Eve has a shoulder problem, so Lucy comes to her aid, and then Julia turns up out of the blue, and the three women do sort of strike sparks a little bit to to begin with. But, of course, as the story evolves, we find out more about them and some things that have happened in each of their past which because of their bond, they start to bond, those those things bubble to the surface. And it's that look at, you know, how you make those unusual friendships with women. You know, we've, we've got sisters and mothers and cousins and friends we went to school with and or worked with. But, you know, they're, they're different friendships, aren't they? What, what yeah. I call those sort of, um, I don't know, more unusual ones where, yeah. where people come together 
not in the usual way, a bit, you know, a bit of an unexpected way, and they they somehow create a friendship. And mm. uh, so that's, I, that's where the story goes. Yeah, it's about female friendship. It's about connection. I want to talk a little bit, and this is New South Wales-centric in a way, but something that I live next to to a park, as you know, Tricia, and it was decided that a couple of weeks ago that we could, because uh, we're in a COVID lockdown here and have been for three months, but I think it was two or three weeks ago, we got the um, the green light to actually congregate outside so we could meet for picnics, right? Yes. Now, it has been the resurgence of the picnic, right? <laughs> so my park on a Saturday or Sunday, you cannot find a green patch to sit on because there are so many picnics. Right? Yeah. Now that I've not seen that, and I've lived in this area for a very, very, very long time. I've seen picnics, but not to this degree. So you can congregate in groups of five. And so when I go out on a Saturday and Sunday and I see the amount, it's like Bondi Beach on a hot summer's day. There are that many people <laughs> out there in groups of five. Yes. And I'm looking around now. And I'm thinking every one of them has a story about why they're together today. Yes. And probably many, many of them, one, have never been to Petersham Park before. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. And two, maybe they haven't had a picnic for so long. And it's made me think about the ways, the different ways that you can connect. But one of the things that I have really noticed is when the weekend passes and days like today where it's midweek and it's school holidays, I am seeing young people picnicking. I'm seeing groups of five girls or groups of, you know, mixed guys and girls, but school age out there. And, do you know, I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Yes, the resurgence of the picnic. See, silver linings, there are always silver linings, aren't there? There are, aren't they? I think you should think about that for your next novel. Yeah. Because I think these people probably, one, have never been to a picnic or this might have been their first picnic. But it is a different way of coming together. It's a different way of sharing. But also I think young people, and I haven't seen people looking at phones and, you know, they're not, they're talking to no. each other. They've got a really nice spread in front of them. In actual fact, my dog, John Brown, I've had to put him on a lead because he's he's loving <laughs> he's the been helping himself. <laughs> but, you know, it does say a lot about the way we live our lives, doesn't it? That yes, we, yes, it does. We hanker for human connection, but also we're willing to do it under any circumstances. And now it's the picnic. Yes, yes. Well, I've, you know, I've got uh, young friends in Sydney who live, I think, about a couple of suburbs apart, and when that rule came or you know change came yeah. in I know that um they were going to walk halfway towards each other you know and meet yeah. in a park for the exactly same thing you know they hadn't yeah. seen each other in all that time and they thought well you know they'll meet in the middle have a little yeah. picnic so yeah. yeah so it really it's made me so happy just to see people out there talking to each other and being together I did think when I first went out there the first Friday I thought oh this is like a Trisha Stringer novel all oh. these people have little stories little stories to tell they do indeed yeah they do and connecting in a really really lovely way so I hope that that never goes away and this is why people enjoy reading your books it is the way that we want to live our lives yeah I, and I, I think, you know, you hope that, you know, we've, we've talked about not being able to go back to the way we lived before, but maybe there are some aspects that are really good about that. You know, yeah. as you say, no one was looking at their phone. No. You know, we were all just out enjoying 
the company and yeah. the fresh air. And it's a different cuisine too, I've noticed, picnic food. You know, like yes. I had a picnic and my girlfriend made these little finger sandwiches. Oh, God, I love a finger sandwich. <laughs> I mean, it was just like how many, I can't remember the last time I had one, and I'm thinking this is so fantastic. Talk to me about what inspires your writing. What is it about human nature that you kind of, oh. what do you draw from? Well, human nature is 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 such a changeable interesting thing isn't it I mean we've all got as you said every one of those picnic groups has got a story to tell everyone's got a story you know I I just want to recreate those stories in some way and share them with other people I mean birds of a feather started the the seed of an idea for that started from uh, my daughter and I were out at um, a coffee shop near her this was quite a few a couple of years ago now um, near her, lovely little coffee shop. We were enjoying a, a coffee and a cake and glanced over and there were another couple uh, about our age, you know, an older woman and, and what we assumed was her daughter. And we got chatting and the woman was actually the younger woman's mother's best friend. Her mother had died. So her oh. mother's best friend had kind of stepped into the, you know, let's keep in touch, let's you know, the mum, I think, had died a long time ago, but they had maintained that friendship. And I thought, wow, you know, they're, they're not mother-daughter. They're, as I was saying earlier, you know, it's that different friendship, isn't it? Um, they've probably known each other a long time, but even so, to keep up that relationship, I just thought was so lovely. And that that kind of seed just sat there bubbling away for me, thinking, well, you know, where could that take you, that connection? And so in Birds of a Feather, you know, Lucy, I guess, is looking for in some ways family or or a a friendship that brings her that family connection. And then there's Julia, who's the goddaughter, who's a bit prickly and, and doesn't do very well at personal connections. And so, you know, bringing them all together, that's the sort of thing that I enjoy doing and seeing where it takes me, you know, like, I start out with an idea, but I never know where it's going to end up. So, Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you plot? Is the storyline plotted out? Do you no, no. Look, no. I, I have a, a rough idea. I know the characters fairly well before I start so that I've got a fair idea where they're going, uh, although they still surprise me during the story. So an idea... I try to write a synopsis, but I'm really not good at them. And um, by the time I submit a story to my publisher, it's totally different to what I wrote down to start with. <laughs> but you know, it's it, yeah, it's so it's 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 there. But I just feel I like to let it go. I like to let it be organic and see where it will take me. Yeah, I've got a rough idea of what the story is in my yeah. head. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Judy Nunn earlier today and uh, just name dropping here I am. Yes, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, like, and, you know, she writes wonderful historical fiction and she was talking yeah. to me about the research process. But when you're writing about human stories, human lives, family, friends, what's the research process there? It's different for every book. Um, in the case of this one, I needed to find out, uh, I mean, it's unusual for a woman at, Eve is 70. I live in uh, a prawn fishing region, so I based her business on that. So I visited um, some people who'd been in the prawn fishing a long time and had retired and some more current prawn boat owners and talked to them. And it would be unusual for a woman to be in, in business like Eve was, but it has happened. So, you know, getting that kind of 
background. And then I had a couple of research scientists, um, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne, who I had great conversations with about the life of a, a research scientist because that was Julia's background. And then I spoke to some young families about what it's like to be to live a FIFO life. Yeah. So, you know, I, while I'm not telling their story, it gives me something to build on to think, well, you know, this is where how someone might be feeling about this or where they might go with that or, you know, that yeah. sort of background is very helpful. You touched, um, you touched on your writing process. Really don't have a clue. You just get started. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes to you. But in actual fact... It can be it's... really stressful at times. <laughs> <laughs> but, when the writer doesn't have a clue, you are in trouble. <laughs> that's right. But when I look at your setup now, because we're on Zoom, and you seem so organised, like that's a really oh. beautiful background and I can see some flowers. You can't and, see the rest. No, and I can see that you're <laughs> sitting at a desk. And it, I mean, I know we've known each other for a while too, but I've never seen you, I, I think, in your office. It is interesting to me because the perception is, just so you know, the perception is that, oh, Trisha's so organised. I, <laughs> I am. <laughs> you are, good. So the writing process for you, is it that you come to it every single day sit at your desk. Tell me about the process of work. Yes. So when I start a new book, which is usually uh, early in the year, around about um, February, March, yep. that's when I, I guess I'm sort of the most focused and disciplined about it. It's all raw. It's all new. So I just need to get words on the page. And so that's a daily process is to just... So you've had the idea... You've got yes. the idea. You've got yeah, I've got all that backgroundy stuff done. So By this is then. actually just yep. sitting down and and writing. I mean, I might I, during that time I will still go off and do more research, and obviously there's more to be done. But I've got the the germ of the story, the seed of the story, the rough idea in my head, the characters, who are they going to be? They've all come alive in that time, so I'm ready to just start putting words on the page. And I aim for 2,000. I don't always achieve it, but I know that if I keep doing that, I'll get to the end. Mm. And then you can play with it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I want to go back to 2000. So how, is that a day's work? Is that a half a day's work? Because Look, it, sometimes it just flows so easily. Yeah. And sometimes I am all day trying to drag those words out. It, it's funny. It's I never know really um, yeah. how it's going to be. But usually 2000 is around about a half a day's work. Right. Okay. I've been working from home lately. So things like bread making in the background happen. <laughs> I decide I'm going to make maybe a custard tart. So, you know, I can really, really get distracted. Does that happen to you? Yes. And that used to, well, it still can, I guess, but it used to when I first, you know, gave up teaching to write full time, I... I'd been writing in little snippets of time that I stole all over the place, you know, at at night, in early mornings, weekends, school holidays, you know, all those sorts of things. And suddenly I had all day to write. And, yep, I had the coffee machine going, I had the washing on, I had this, I had that, you know, something cooking, whatever. And uh, then I had, I realised my time was just disappearing. So I... I had to have a good chat with myself about that <laughs> just to rethink uh, rethink it. So now what I try to do each day, each weekday, is pretend like I am going out to work. So, you know, it's like hard. everybody else, I, yeah. I do whatever it is you do in the morning. It might be you put on a load of washing or you ring your friend or you do whatever it is, you have your breakfast, you get all that done, and then I walk into my office and I sit down and I am there that's my job. So mm-hmm. I have to get that done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, I'm, you know, my, my friends and family are pretty good. They know that's what I'm doing. So mostly they don't interrupt and that's how it seems to work. I spoke to Lee Child and I don't know if I've told you this. It was a little while ago now, a few years back. And, you know, I don't know what book number he's up to. I mean, but, you know, it's oh, over 20 or whatever. Lots and lots. Lots and lots. Great guy to speak to. But he said to me that every time he sits down to write, it's as hard sitting down to write the first book. Oh, yes, I would agree with that, definitely. I think, you know, it's going to get easier. I think what does get easier is you know what to expect now. You know, Mm. I know that that's what I've got to do to produce a book. I know I have to, you know, put that time aside. I have to treat it like a job, go and do it. I know all the other things are going to distract me and even, even just things from my publisher about, the last book or the one after that or things that are happening from them. So there's there's other side of the business, of course. There's the admin side of your business that you've got to keep track of as well and, and all of those things. So for me, the writing process, the story doesn't come any easier, mm. but I think I understand the process better of what I need to do to mm. put that book on the page. So I guess for me, you know, when I am doing that panic halfway through the book and thinking, oh, this is terrible and you know no one's going to want to read it and it's just you know and then I you know can stop myself and say okay you think this every book no and I've had this conversation with other writers as well you know absolutely Um, you think this every book just write the darn thing and then we'll see what it looks like and you know by the time I've just subbed next year's book to my publisher wow and when I sent it off I went you know I quite like that story. (laughs) Well, that's good. Because about a month ago, I wasn't so sure. (laughs) Do you know, I don't know if you've spoken about this either, but I tend to think that writers have really chosen a very difficult occupation. I have the greatest empathy for, for writers, as you know, and admiration, and a lot of you people are my good friends. But I think it is 
an occupation that is really difficult because you put your heart and soul into it. Like, there's got to be some passion to writing. You can't just sit there and just think, no, no, no. no. It's going to no. punch I love out. it. I do yeah. love it. I might right. make it sound like work, but yeah. I, it's work I love. That's right. So you've got to do that. You've got to put in the hard yards. You've got to come to that desk and be motivated. You've got to write those 2,000 words or whatever it is. Then you've got to send it to your publisher and then they've got to come back and tell you what they did like and what they did like and whatever, whatever. And then you finally put it out there for the world to read and then people have an opinion about it. I couldn't handle that, Trisha. I don't think I could handle it. It's, it's, you know, I I think I've come to it to think, and I, I was only, you know, on a, I, I like to go to book uh, forums on, yeah. you know, on online and see what people are reading and get ideas. And, you know, I love your show because, you know, then I get way more to add to my stack. Um, I often but, see you on our show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm peeping. Yeah. But, um. Yes, there was a one a while back where a, a person had decided to absolutely slam a book. You know, that was their post. Yeah. And, yeah, I went, wow, I saw a totally different book and I, you know, I read, I'd read the book and I thought it was totally different. So, of course, that was my opinion and I, I just worded it nicely, you know, just yeah. said, well, wow, for all these reasons I thought the book was a good read. Yeah. But... That's what makes the world go round, isn't it? It's it difference. Is. It is and, different. You know, not everyone's going to love my book, but lots of people do, and they're they're the ones that are most important to me anyway. The ones the ones that enjoy it, I guess. And yeah, yeah, it's not for everyone, but no, no, know. but it is hard. I, I, I guess, like when you were teaching, you were the boss of that room, right? You had total <laughs> control. You like to think <laughs> so, but not really. <laughs> You decided what happened in that day and not. Whereas with writing, I do think it seems solitary, it seems by itself, but once that book's released and it's out there in the reading world, there's a lot of interaction these days, isn't there? Oh, yes. You know, yeah. and, and in a lot of ways that's that's wonderful. You know, yeah. um, I've been today, you know, it's the release of birds and I've had so many lovely messages from readers and I've actually had the time to sit down and reply to them straight away. Often I don't get them to them till much later, but I thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to have an easy day today and just talk to people. And, yes, I love that. I love hearing from readers and and that's, uh, as you say, it sort of you spend so much time on your own, it's really nice to be able to talk to people, even if it is via emails or or, uh, online or whatever it is. It's still an interaction and, and really nice. Do you know, I always enjoy reading our comments on our Facebook page, but during COVID, I've loved them even more because it's a really lovely connection. And I often tell my readers this, that I will go through and read all these tonight. And I bet you they must think, oh, yeah, right. But I do, actually. Yeah, Uh, I do. I haven't got as many many readers of my Facebook as you've got of the better reading, but I just, uh, I do. I try and I might not be able to answer each one, but I do try and answer them as some of them and you know the other thing you're you're saying about lockdown is that I'm not in lockdown here in South Australia we've got some restrictions obviously but we're not in lockdown so I've also found it I've tried to um, just be a bit more fun on my Facebook page just because I've found that interaction with people I get a lot of comments from people in lockdown saying oh you know that's brightened my day and I can't do anything else, but I just sort of hope that those little things help. And so by interacting with people too, just, 
you know, about reading and books is, is a nice thing to do. For all its faults, when we look at social media and everyone has an opinion about it, and I think it can be very destructive in so many ways. However, I think for people like you and for people like me, it's such a positive experience. I think it's about community and it's about, like for us, it's about co- connecting a readership for you. Like it's about that connection. And I love that raw connection that didn't exist before. Yes, that's it. I mean, it's warts and all really, isn't yeah. it? And, and I think that's a great thing. There's There are positives about social media and I think that Absolutely. is one of the great positives, yes. Mm. Do you think COVID, I mean, I don't know how many times you've been in lockdown, but, you know, you've lived through the pandemic. Do you think that that will will influence your writing? Does that influence story? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, It's hard to know. People don't want to read about it. I'm quite sure they don't want to read book after book after book that's all bogged down in COVID, of course. But because I wrote Birds of a Feather, like as I sat down to write it, was exactly when, you know, we were first, COVID was first, you know, reaching us, so March last year. Mm. And so for the start, I couldn't even write, you know, like I, I just mm. kept, the TV was going nearly 24-7. We mm. were just sort of thinking, what is going to happen? You know, the world is going to explode. You know, it was it was a scary time and I think everybody felt that. And so it yeah. was really hard to be creative in that space. So I really had to force myself to think, well, life will go on and so my publisher still wants my book to be ready at the end of this year so um, I'm just going to have to jolly well write it so I had to really force myself a lot harder than normal to just shut all that other stuff out turn off that tv turn off the all those things but I think for you in terms of story and I'm not telling you what to write here but it has changed relationships and that's got to affect character and story, doesn't it? Yes, because, and it, well, it know, certainly came yeah. into birds. One of one of my characters, you know, one of the things that has um, been a, a past concern, I suppose, for her happened because of something that happened to her during that first lockdown. Yeah. And so, you know, I couldn't help but touch on that in the story. The story is not about it, but it it's like we we have challenges in our lives and that's how we deal with those challenges that sort of make us who we are. So I guess that that's come out in this book. So I did touch on it there and and I couldn't help but just put in that, um, now I won't be able to remember it, you know, that word that every politician used. Oh, my mind's gone blank. Um, I had to slip it into my story anyway and readers will Readers will know it when they see it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's on know, every news report. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking also in terms of behaviours. Like we talked about the picnic, right, which has really yes. taken off. But things like I've got two really good friends um, and we used to see each other quite frequently and then we decided we were going to Zoom on a Friday night. You know, that was going to be our connection. I mean, I'd never even heard of Zoom before COVID. I'd never known Don't about we it. we wish we'd all had shares in it? That's right. <laughs> so the first couple of Zooms I got off and I, I felt so deeply sad. It just wasn't working for me. Yeah. I thought this is, I know what we're trying to do here the connection, the three of us, to stay connected, to have a glass of drink together, but it really wasn't working for me. (laughs) It was making me feel like this is what I'm missing out on, you know. Yes. But over time, and we continued it right throughout, I fell into it and it became my new world. And that's going to happen with character and stories, isn't it? Yes. And I I think 
the trick with it is um, having just written, you know, next year's book in the current situation, I think is it's there in the background and readers will yeah. know, you know, yes. without me having to say, and they had to count how many people came for dinner, you know. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, but they'll know from the story because they will have lived it themselves. So, yeah, I think that's the balance is is acknowledging, yes, this, this has changed the way we're doing things now, but we don't need it to be right in our face. No, we don't need it to be a story about COVID. No, 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 we don't. No, we don't. So one of my questions was you've started writing. Well, of course, you've started writing and you've already delivered your draft. Is that right? Your next Yes. Book? Yeah, wow. The next year? Yes. Next year. Yeah, yeah, you're always one step ahead, right? Yeah. So when you're doing publicity, like doing now for this book, yes. do you stop writing for a time? Yes. So I'm not, yes. uh, I'm totally focused back again on birds because now I'm going back out to talk to people and thankfully you know I can still do that in South Australia at least face to face so yeah. we've got some great you know events lined up and so I have to re-familiarize myself with it because I've yeah been immersed in another story so just getting back into it and and doing that so I'll just do that now for the next month I, I'm I won't write but already you know the ideas I've got a book of ideas and there's just things chilling there you know so over over the Christmas holidays and things they just start to bubble up and I decide which one of them I'm going to turn into a story for next year. What book number are we on? Published book. So Birds is Birds with Feather is book 14. Wow congratulations. Thank you. Trisha Stringer thank you so much for your time. I just love chatting with you. Thanks Cheryl it's been fun. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere. Or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBook Store. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of ebooks and e audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.